Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It is Thanksgiving week, and this is Laces Out. Lots to talk about. We've got now two Thanksgiving games. We'll dive into the NFL situation to move Pittsburgh and Baltimore back to Sunday. Uh, we'll give you our power rankings as well, and a whole lot more here on Laces Out. Jarrett Bailey, Kurt Hamaser with you. Kurt, what's going on, buddy? Not much, my friend. Thanksgiving's just around the corner, one day away, and the turkey's waiting, and then you know what else is waiting? The holiday season, the best season. Christmas. <laughs> that it is. So, are you going to watch – are you going to watch the parade in the morning? Yeah, I'm not a big parade guy. I don't know. Dude, parade. I don't like parades either, but like Thanksgiving Day Parade is like uh, – I'm sure – I'm like sure rule of law. Family, I'm sure we'll probably have it on in the background, but I'm, I'm not a parade guy myself. But I don't know. Ben, Benjamin Raven will bring you in. Are you a parade guy, my friend? You know, uh, my family, we grew up on the parade route in my hometown growing up, so it's mm. kind of instilled – a parade to me has just turned into a giant barbecue on my front lawn. Like okay. we're a Danish family. Oh, that's fair. We yeah. randomly lived in a town that had the Danish festival and we lived on the parade route. So it turned into a pretty big party there. That's you, look like you, could be, you look like you could be the Bryce Harper balloon in the Thanksgiving Day Parade <laughs> no, right now. <laughs> I know. I haven't cut or shaved my beard in quite a long time. We're going with it. You grow a hell of a nice beard. I'll give you that. My I'm goodness, jealous. that thing's this immaculate. Pretty trimmed up right here, too. I was going to say, that is clean. It's nice <laughs> and pointed. My goodness. That Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who? I mean, Benjamin yeah. Ravens got the, got the beard of the NFL, I think. Kurt, I meant to say this last time before we proceed. Justin Zimmer and I went to the same high school. And he no started way. Bills. Yeah, his mom was like uh, my biology teacher in 10th grade. So. No way. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very so cool. A connection to Bill's breakout. <laughs> <laughs> the big surprise of the Buffalo Bills this year. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. But, uh, so one th- Oh, well, one thing, one thing, Kurt, that isn't as gorgeous as Benjamin Raven's beard is the play <laughs> of the Detroit Lions this past Sunday. Um, mm. I said it. Mm. I said it on one of our previous shows that I believed in the Lions to be able to make a push. I don't know if they were going to make a wild card, but I said that they could still make a push. This is a golden opportunity, Benjamin Raven. They were playing, you know, no Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker's first career NFL start. It seemed all in the writing. You know, Christian McCaffrey wasn't there, and then they get blanked on the road. Why does Matt Patricia still have a job? <laughs> um, the sh- I think the short week saved him this week. Honest, honest to God, I think that's the only way you bring someone back after losing 20 to nothing to the Carolina Panthers without their quarterback, without their do-it-everything offensive star. And I mean, that defense has some nice young pieces, but my goodness, that's one of the least threatening, youngest, most inexperienced groups in the league. And they shut Matthew Stafford out. <laughs> It was the worst offensive game plan I've ever laid my eyes on in my two years in the beat. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it it uh it wasn't pretty. I mean, Kenny Galladay was out. DeAndre Swift was out. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I guess you can you can somewhat make an excuse, but you can't make that much of an excuse. Get blanked by the Carolina Panthers. I, the first eight plays of the game, Adrian Peterson had five touches. The first five series of the game, the Lions ran on first and second down four times. Like, oh. that's not giving Matthew Stafford a chance. He's looking no. at third and five, third and six. You're giving your quarterback, who this team is built around, 
one player per series to mm-hmm. keep an offense on the field. It's ridiculous. They had three plays inside the 30-yard line last week. Wow. Uh, Stafford zone read, an incomplete pass, and a sack that set up a missed field goal. That's the Detroit Lions offense right now. Oh. Stafford zone read is a sentence that should never be in actuality. <laughs> so that, that tells you a lot about what their offensive <laughs> gameplay looks like right now. <laughs> But, but like you go ahead, Kurt. I, I'm just saying, I mean, you look at the standings right here. Who's in front of them right now? You got San Francisco in front of them. You got Chicago, who they played on Thanksgiving. So huge. No, they, they play next week. They got Houston on Thanksgiving. Oh, my bad. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm next. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Thanksgiving against Houston. So, I mean, Chicago's coming up. I don't see them catching a team like Arizona. I don't see them catching a team like Tampa Bay. So, Jarrett, your uh, prediction and your love for the Detroit Lions this year might be slowly or quickly fleeting well again i mean this is a game that they should have won they should be at five and five they should have beat uh, chicago week one could be six and four there's a lot of things that could have gone differently but i mean we could stick with this week ben because uh houston they're coming off well they've won two straight now if i'm not wrong they just beat the patriots so i mean they're on their they doubled their win total the past couple weeks um what do you see as maybe the biggest threat other than deshaun watson obviously but you look at the Houston offense, they don't really have much pieces besides that quarterback. Defensively, they're not very good either. This is a game that Detroit could realistically win. Yeah, uh, I agree with you there. I mean, Detroit shouldn't be afraid of that rushing attack at all. But the one thing that just, I mean, it's those receivers. Those guys are going to be able to stretch Detroit over the top. I mean, Detroit's safety play has been kind of a, a saving grace. has been anything but terrible. You know, Deron Harmon has been solid, but Tracy Walker has been a really big disappointment. And Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller can beat you over the top. I know they're going to be without Stills and Cobb. That's confirmed. But, uh, you know, Kuda's not playing, so Detroit's coverage might actually be better against the deep ball. But uh, still just kind of <laughs> – I don't know. It's not a good matchup. The way Watson's playing and those what those two receivers can do, stretching defenses, you know, the Lions are going to do everything to try and keep it in front of them. And it's either going to be a slow death or a quick death. I, and DeAndre Swift is out – or he's questionable again this week, I believe, right? So Yeah, that just that just came out. He's questionable. Okay. So, so he, yeah. he's questionable. Kenny Galladay's out this week. I mean – Mother of God, Kenny Galladay. Like, what, what does Detroit have to do to – I mean, they need to score a field goal to beat their, their total last week. But what do they got to do to – I mean, <laughs> just get it going a little bit here. You got Matt Stafford as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. It starts with DeAndre Swift. I mean – I mean, he, he showed that he was the spark plug to this offense without Galladay out there. And it's another week without Galladay and Amendola. So it's just – it's going to be more Marvin Jones. It's going to be Hawkinson. But they really need Swift to be able to – because that offense, I mean, it was nothing without him. It was abs- – I mean, there was nothing. I mean, Stafford didn't look deep at all last week. It was the fewest amount of completed and intended air yards. I mean, just the offense never gave themselves a shot. And, I mean, yeah, it's a mess. It was a mess without Galladay. They've been a mess without Galladay all season. I don't think they've won one game without him in the lineup. Is there a timetable for his return? Because he's been very in and out of the lineup, missed the majority of the season. Do they have any sort of clue when he can be back? I mean, he's, I mean, he's been limited in practice over these last week and a half here. But uh, I think he, he started the week limited and then missed one last week. So it's been hot and cold, very hot and cold. And we haven't talked to him since he went down. But uh, they get this break after this Houston game. So he's out this one. And then they get that week and a half off before they go to Chicago. So there's a shot, no doubt. But hip injuries are weird. And, yeah, he's in a weird situation without an extension. If uh... – if, if Detroit drops this game to Houston, is that, uh, is that the last time you'll have to see Matt Patricia in a Lions uh, blue color? I, I do think that if they lose this one with the built-in extended break after the Thursday to Sunday break the next week, I think it would be done. Because there's just 
the mandate from ownership was to play meaningful football games in December. It mm-hmm. was to show major improvement. Uh, that's very vague, but I think we can agree that if they lose this one, there will be no meaningful football games played by the Detroit Lions in December. <laughs> so, yeah. And I don't know if four wins is major improvement on 312 and one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let go Jim Caldwell to bring in Matt Patricia. And so far, I think it took him about two years to equal what Jim Caldwell did in his final year in Detroit. So there, who would be the, uh, the kind of ideal guy, one, to be the interim coach, and then who do you think that they would chase after to be uh, the, next, the next head coach in Detroit if they were to let go? Matt Patricia, which seems all but done at this point, it's just a matter of when. The, the, the hot name interim-wise is their special teams coordinator, Braden Coombs, youngest special teams coordinator in the league. Their special teams have been rock solid this year. You know, I mean, people have not been thrilled with the offense or their defensive coordinators <laughs> on Blinder Pavel. Bevel, uh, and it's just, I mean, that's the most appealing name outside of maybe Robert Prince, their wide receivers coach for an interim job. So not a ton of sexy names there. Top coaches, obviously, Eric B. in Kansas City. You think they're Robert Soleil is from Dearborn, Michigan, the 49ers defensive coordinator. He's got some ties to the state, ties to the organization. Joe Brady's a fun name to think about with Matthew Stafford if they want to keep building around there. And, I mean, uh, yeah, those are the three that came to mind right now. And I've been starting to think about that a little more. Even Phil Snow, the – uh, I think he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina. Maybe I'm just really impressed with how Carolina handled their business <laughs> last week. So, but I, 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 I kind of liked what they did. They, Carolina got fun with those blitzes. They kind of got fun with those packages. And, I mean, shutting out a team with Matthew Stafford with a defensive full of rookies, I mean, you just kind of shot your stock up a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I when I was kind of planning for this, this podcast, I was just looking through it because I was curious. I wanted to see what Matt Stafford's contract is. Uh, coming up because he is 32 um, and I, it just you know I, I had a fun little conversation piece that, that maybe we can toss around here so let's say Matt Patricia is gone at the end of the season you know they'll they'll have a top or a high draft draft pick this year Ben correct me if I'm wrong I believe the Lions do have an opt-out for Matthew Stafford after this year is that is that correct I, I think he does um, so let's say this what if, you know, the Lions just want to restart? They, they want, they've had Matt Stafford for, what, 10 years now? He's drafted in 09. What's, you know, bring in a new quarterback. Let's get a new start here. Let's get a new head coach. A new head coach wants to get his guy. I mean, I'm not saying there's any truth to this, but I'm just thinking, you know, why not get some new blood in there and kind of have a, a fresh start for Detroit? And I think that's kind of been the growing feeling around here is that if this is going to be another rebuild, how about doing a rebuild? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the last couple <laughs> of attempts at rebuilds have been around the same group of guys. And I mean, the star players that were in place for Matt Patricia here are gone. I mean, these slowly, I don't kind of rid the team of the foundation until there was nothing left. And uh, yeah, I think Stafford had his 2023 voided and there was an opt-out clause. Gosh, he's restructured that thing like three or four times <laughs> over the last couple of years. But uh, I think it is a lot easier to get out of for both sides. And I mean, yeah. I look at Matthew Stafford, I'd kind of be like, from his perspective, I'd kind of want out. Not because right. the city hasn't been good to him, not because he hasn't enjoyed his time, because mm-hmm. he's 32 years old, still has one of the best arm talents in the league, and the dude deserves a shot to win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's my, if, if I were him, I'd be kind of like, let me get out of here and let mm-hmm. these guys rebuild, you know? Well, if, if there's anywhere that he could go, I mean, obviously there's a plethora of teams that would take him. Indianapolis would be the number one team that I would look at yeah. if I was him. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Philip Rivers isn't going to be around forever and he throws it like a broken water gun. <laughs> so I, th- I think that that would, 
if, if Indianapolis keeps their defensive core together to get maybe one more weapon on that offense, if you read my mock draft piece, you'll see that I give them one. There's my <laughs> shameless plug of the day. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they were to kind of mutually agree, it's time to part ways. There's a Indianapolis would be, if I was Matthew Stafford, that would be the first place I'd be looking. You know, obviously, yeah. if Big Ben decides to step away in Pittsburgh, maybe that's, you know, a place that I would look. But um, – I'm, you know, I'm trying to look at every team right now. I don't think Jacksonville's going to make a move for them. They're pretty much dead set on getting a rookie, so that's kind of out. Um, we look in the end of San Francisco. San Francisco. Mm, yeah, man. you put Stafford can... on the Chicago Bears. That's a pretty good team. But <laughs> yeah, so I just made Lions can... fans puke. <laughs> <laughs> but San Francisco, that could be. Yeah. Look, if. Uh oh, lost you. Um, <laughs> we got him. <laughs> Maybe not. Jared. Sam Darnold from what? We're, we're getting some – you're cutting in and out on us here, but I think we got your back. Go did ahead. Did something happen? You're good. Okay, where did I cut out at? Uh, you just started ranting about how you just <laughs> always want San Francisco <laughs> to get a different quarterback every episode. It's a different guy. So continue, please. Okay, well, if they can't, if they can't get Sam Darnold, um, at, which, you know, the Jets are inevitably going to move him. So if they can't get Sam Darnold, why not try to get Matthew Stafford? Because I think it's pretty clear that Shanahan's done with Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, our buddy Matt Verderam seems to be pretty complacent that he's going to be back in New England. So, yeah, why not get a Matthew Stafford? And, you know, he still has – I mean, like Ben said, he's got a lot of years left in him. Quarterbacks yeah. are playing until they're 97 now. So it's not like Matthew Stafford is, is shot by any stretch of the imagination. So what that would be – I think Indianapolis and San Francisco would probably be the top two places for him. From a Lions perspective, I'm like, keep Matthew Stafford. That's your Mm -hmm. best move, even for the Mm -hmm. next administration. But from Harris' perspective, potentially going through another rebuild, I'd be like, can we figure something out here that it Mm -hmm. works out for both of us? Like, I would totally – and I don't even see the fan base kind of holding that against him at this point. It's it's been – this is year 12. Yeah. (laughs) This is – I mean, it's it's – I feel bad for the guy because it's just – Everything that he's done for that team, he's it seems like he's always, you know, given his all. He's he seems like a genuinely great guy and it just hasn't worked out. It's just one of those things where, you know, you can stick around for with a team for as long as you want, but deep down you just you're gonna wanna chase that ring. You're gonna wanna get a chance to at least even win a playoff game, make it to a playoff game. So I wouldn't blame him. You know, I I would been kinda like what you said, if I'm him. I would want to explore my options, not to rub it yeah. in the Lions fans' face. I mean, they've given them everything, but just to, you know, finish out strong, I guess. What about New Orleans? Why yeah. not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, any of those teams that are going to be moving on from a quarterback. Because that... Taysom Hill isn't the future. I don't give a damn what he just did against the fucking Falcons. <laughs> He's not the future of anybody's team as a quarterback. And if you have the option of having Matthew Stafford or Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, I know which guy I'm picking, <laughs> and it isn't Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, if Matthew Stafford was available, he'd be the top quarterback on the board. For yeah. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah, I mean, easy. I, I, I hope Lions fans do realize that. I, I, I hope – because that we had an interesting talk just the other day, just kind of like the perception about Matthew Stafford in Detroit is so high, and it kind of seems like it's lukewarm still on a nationwide scene. It's just yeah. like – that really is somebody that deserves to shine before yeah. he's gone because I've mm-hmm. seen that dude make some crazy throws for more than a decade now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, eh. yeah. Insert, again. This, this is the part where Eagles fans will clamor that they should let go of Carson Wentz and sign Matthew Stafford. So 
I well, almost uh, said Philly. I, I almost said Philly. I mean, it'd be a pretty <laughs> clear upgrade. <laughs> I mean, I mean, then we can open that Pandora's box. Then I suppose where I'll, where we talk about if Carson Wentz is you know done in Philadelphia, which by no means he is. But this is you know a topic where we can kind of expand the horizons a little bit. The contract situation for Carson Wentz, I don't think he's going anywhere unless they can somehow restructure it, which. You, he'd have to agree to, which I'm going to bet he does not. Right. I don't think Carson Wentz is going anywhere. So for no. all you Eagles fans who would love a new quarterback, you're not going to get one uh, unless it's Jalen Hurts. And then you'll come give that a week and see how much you miss Carson Wentz. <laughs> ben, uh, before we let you go here, we'll, we'll talk on – because Jared and I are going to get into the draft a little bit here because his uh, first mock draft just came out. So, you know, give me, give me your early – maybe your wish list – just position-wise uh, for, for what Detroit should do uh, come next spring for the draft? Oh, let's see if Ben names the guy who I selected. <laughs> oh, geez. For the, for the Lions, I mean, shoot. I mean, I still look at the secondary. You could look at a cornerback with where they're going to be picking. I mean, an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Do you, yeah. you, think they, you think they go defense first round or offense? Defense. defense. It's either going to be a top wide receiver or a defense. That's okay. what I'm going with. Because okay. now I'm completely sketched out by their wide receiver situation. <laughs> the Galladay situation is weird. And Cephas is the only wide receiver under contract for next year. Wow. Good God. Okay. I did not know Quintus Cephas was the only tenured Detroit Lion right now. That's uh, it. That's, sort of, <laughs> that's, that's great. it. <laughs> so, all right. So you mentioned the defensive line. I have them taking a deal. I have them taking Jalen Twyman from Pitt. Okay. Uh, the interior yeah. rusher. So. The, I think that one, they're, the pressure that they get from the line is non-existent right now. So I do think that if they can get somebody who can bust his gap, not only in the run game, but get up the middle for almost like an Aaron Donald type presence, I think that would be beneficial to them. Benjamin Raven, quote the Raven nevermore. We appreciate you coming on as always, buddy. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ben. All right. Have a, have a nice Thanksgiving. Enjoy the uh, yes, line. Happy game. Thanksgiving, Ben. Hopefully they we'll give be you live a nice from Ford Field. Yep. All right. <laughs> yes, sir. Perfect. Thanks, Ben. Oh, one of our favorites, Ben Raven. Absolutely. I feel I, I, I feel for him. I hope that the Lions can at least finish strong. Give them something entertaining to, to watch and write about for uh, the final stretch of the season here. Yeah, I think I'm a closeted Detroit Lions fan. Like, if I weren't a Steelers fan, I'd probably be a Lions fan. I mean, how, how can you hate the Lions? I mean, even, even – How can you hate Matthew Stafford? If you're, a, like, a, a Packers fan, do you really hate the Lions? What have they done to you? I mean, it's just – I don't know. I, I can't imagine – it's like one of those teams that's just like it's the little kid that you just feel bad for because they don't really have any friends and they're not that good. So you feel good bad God. for them. <laughs> All right. Well, glad to see how Kurt feels about the Detroit Lions. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. We'll discuss uh, the upcoming draft. Dive into my mock draft. I'll tell Kurt's bills who I have him taking. And uh, we'll discuss the week ahead, Thanksgiving games, power rankings, a lot more to come on Laces Out. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer with you. Thank you to Benjamin Raven for joining us in that last segment. So now we're going to hop into a little bit of draft talk, I suppose. I released my second mock draft so far this year, mock draft 2.0. My favorite Kurt, time of the year, draft yeah, talk. Yeah, we even do though, love Even our- though all the time of the year is the best time for draft talk because there's never a bad time. No, there is not. So, um. Where do we even begin, partner? Because um, there's a lot of quarterback talk, obviously, as there is with every draft. Um, so, I mean, I, I think you can assume who the first two picks in, my, in the mock were. I, yeah, and I know I, I wasn't too surprised to see uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields back-to-back there because those are probably the two best athletes in this whole draft. Um, yeah. 
And, you know, we, we've talked about it. We, we've discussed it, debated it, whether the Jets should take Trevor Lawrence, whether they should just stick with Sam Darnold. And I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth a couple of times. I said, you know, stick with Sam Darnold. He's, he can be okay. Just build around him. But then, you know, you look at what Trevor Lawrence has done, you can kind of see maybe what he'll become. I mean, could you imagine if the Jets pass up on him, they draft, I don't know, somebody else at number one overall, they pass up on him, or they trade out of that spot, and then Trevor Lawrence just becomes the best quarterback in the league. The Jets will just become even more of a joke by then. So I think Trevor Lawrence is a smart pick for them, um, and I don't really see it changing by the time April rolls around. Yeah. And I do have three quarterbacks going in the top five. I've got Washington Washington taking BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Personally, I like Zach Wilson more than I like Justin Fields from everything I've seen. Um, and I think by the time we get to April, he's going to be my QB2. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's the QB2 as a consensus. I think that as an arm talent, he's better than Justin Fields. There's a reason that people have dubbed him the Mormon Mahomes. It's because the things that he, can, that he can do are remarkable. He's got 26 touchdowns, two picks on the year, over 300 yards per game. I think he's just a better quarterback than Justin Fields is. Um, so I think that Jacksonville would be better suited taking him. Um, as of right now, I don't think they would, but give it another couple months, and I think we'll be where Zach Wilson will be the QB2 in this draft class. Um, if we move down a little bit, um, a guy who's, you know, as Penn State fans, we love Micah Parsons. I've got him going number seven to the New York Giants, their second Penn State stud that they get in a matter of, what, three drafts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, mean, I, I like that pick. I, I think having, having him go at seven, it's, it's surprising in a way, but at the same time it's not because you look at the teams ahead of them. Um, you look at the teams ahead of the Giants. I mean, you have the Chargers right in front of them, uh, Washington and then Dallas. So, all those teams I don't think would take a take a linebacker I don't think that's you know their number one priority but I wouldn't be surprised I guess if if a team if a team like you know let's say Dallas wants to just build up their build up their defense um Sean Lee's you know he's getting old he's not the Sean Lee of old uh Leighton Van Der Esch is a good piece but you add in Michael Parsons are there in there too I wouldn't be surprised if he goes that early but no I think I think in your eyes, Giants Giants at number seven is a great fit for Micah, Micah Parsons. I like that. I think that Washington would take a, would take him if they didn't have the need at quarterback and Zach right. Wilson could potentially be there, and I don't think that they can pass him up if he is. But uh, yeah. I thought about giving him to the Chargers. It's just the fact that you know their linemen have been kind of questionable this year. They need help more on the inside. I think that they'd be mm-hmm. better suited to move Trey Turner outside and um, take away Sam Tevy. I think that would be their best move in terms of an offensive line. But yeah. Um, so the, one of the teams that benefits most from this Miami Dolphins, because I've been taking Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne. I was, I was a little surprised about it. I was just going to bring that up that because they're, they're at eight and what? 17. 17. So, I mean, you, you, you added in those two guys to that offense, that offense with Tua Tungvaluwa just explodes. But the only thing that I kind of, when I first saw your mock draft, was surprised that they go – two weapons right off the bat. I mean, they have two high picks. I mean, their defense is playing well this year, but if, if, a, if a nice piece is sitting at there, um, I mean, what, what if the Giants don't take Mike Parsons? Then, I mean, he has to go to the, the Dolphins, don't you think? Him, Kyle Van Noy, I think – I mean, I think the sexy pick is, is the two offensive weapons in Jamar Chase and Travis Etienne. 
Um, I would just, you know, I, I'd be a little worried about maybe their D line, maybe their O line too. I'm not too sold on their O line yet, but um, I think I think adding those two pieces in would be a lot of fun with if if Tua can uh, kind of turn around for next year. Yeah, by no means are they a perfect team. They could still use another piece up front. Um, if Micah Parsons is there, they take Micah Parsons. I think that they could use help there. Kyle Van Noy is getting older. They need a little bit more youth and explosiveness in the middle of the field. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were to take him if he was there. Um, but at 17, if Travis Etienne's there, they need to take Travis Etienne. He could be, he could be Alvin Kamara in this league. He's done that at Clemson so far. And their running back room might be the worst in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, their running back room is just a, a question mark at every position in the depth chart. It's just I – don't, I don't really know what's going on. The only thing that I get nervous about is taking a running back in the first round. I mean – If we, he's good, who cares? We saw Saquon go – I know. I, I, don't, know. I don't understand this, this hatred towards – I understand the fact that they're so deep and you can get yeah. a, a good – a solid to good one in later rounds. But when you have a guy who can break a game open – and the way that ETN could, I feel like it's definitely worth the pick. I, yeah, I, I think I've just seen it one too many times where a running back gets drafted real high and then he doesn't pan out, but there's, you know, there's other options on the board. So I, I like it. I mean, I love Travis ETN. I really thought that if he came out this past year, he would have been a first-round pick, but um, he's, he's done nothing but help his draft stock, I think, going back to Clemson this year. All right, so we'll jump to your Buffalo Bills because – I do have them taking another corner. I've got them I taking Caleb, Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. One of the best cornerbacks in the nation. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's a former quarterback, so, I mean, he's got that mindset already. You watch his film, he sticks to his, to, to his assignment. He's very good and just – he's a sticky cornerback. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what Trey White needs on the other side of him. No offense to Levi Wallace, but Caleb Farley would be a very good upgrade. Please, please. I, I, I do like Levi Wallace. I, I think he's a nice piece. But after that, I mean, Josh Norman is after this year, he's not doing it. I mean, I would hope that they don't re-sign him. Uh, if they do, maybe at a cheap option. But I would love the Bills to go cornerback uh, first round. I wanted them to go cornerback, you know, before they had the first round or before they traded away the first round pick. I wanted that as the first pick. Then in the second round, I really wanted them to go corner, and then they went A.J. Epinesa. But I, I think, you know, besides the safe pick maybe going with offensive line D tackle you could you could think about bills going with but I don't know I'm I don't know if I'm too sold on the D tackles this year uh you're you're probably more of an expert so far on the draft coming up but what do you think the depth wise for D tackles is coming up this year um I mean there's a few good ones I mean like I said already Jalen Twyman and Pitt he's not going to be there when they pick he's going to go within the first top 15 Christian Barmore in Alabama, Jay Tefili at USC. There's some good ones. I think Tefili is the more unique one because he can play in the three or five. So you can put mm-hmm. him on the outside on like, like the edge, put him in a four, three, put him in a three, four. He can do whatever. Um, I have him going to Tampa Bay, which uh, I think would be perfect for them. They can rotate him. Um, and Dominican Sue's not going to be there forever. So I think for them, that would be a good addition. And I've got Barmore. I know I had him going earlier than Tefili. I have him going to the Raiders and they need help up front. So mm-hmm. um there's some solid ones in the first round. I think there will be – I think I have three going in the first round with Twyman, Tefili, and Barmore. So, um, there's some good ones. It's just when you get past those three, it does seem yeah. to thin out a little bit. But, I mean, there's a medley of guys on the defensive line that are going to make impacts this year. Um, 
Buffalo's defense, I mean, you know this better than I. It's been disappointing this year. Yes, 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 it has. And I think, yeah, injuries are a big part of it. I mean, Matt Milano's been out for the majority of the year. Um, the secondary's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Levi Wallace was on the IR for a little bit. They've been dealing with some COVID issues. I mean, but if the team was fully healthy, I don't think they're, they're last year's Buffalo Bills defense. I don't think that they're, you know, shutting down teams left and right. But I'm excited for this coming Sunday because it seems like they're finally back there. You know, they, they came off the bye this past week. Um, Matt Milano will still be out, but this should be the last week he's out. Secondary is going to be fully healthy. So, you know, I, I think injuries are a big part of that. But, I mean, you add in, you add in any cornerback in this first round, I think it's kind of a plug-and-play thing. I think you put them in next to Trey White, and that's a that's a pretty – if they can come around, that's a elite secondary. One last thing before we're done with the mock draft. Cleveland taking Nick Bolden, probably my favorite pick of the draft. I wanted the Steelers to take him um, if he's available. Hopefully they do. Um, but he's the biggest hitter in this draft. Go watch a little bit of his film. Disgusting. He's <laughs> absolutely – he's a thumper. He can cover – you can put him anywhere at a linebacker spot, and he will, he'll get the job done. He's done fantastic for Missouri. So, Nick right. Bolton, a linebacker to watch in this, in this first round. I think that's an, that's an easy pick for Cleveland, too, as linebacker. I think Their linebackers are horrible right now, so, yeah. Desperately, that's what they need. So, yeah, that's, that would be a very, very solid pick for Cleveland, I think. All right, so we can transition now into, you know, a little bit of this week's – you know, we can talk about the Thanksgiving games, I suppose, that we'll break down our power rankings before we do – our pre-show later on in the week. So we can talk about the Thanksgiving games though, because, you know, we've got, you know, a couple games this Thursday. It was just announced that Pittsburgh Baltimore will be played Sunday at one fifteen on NBC since NBC yeah. still has the rights to the game. So the only, the only good game of Thanksgiving and it gets pushed well, back. Here's the thing. Washington Dallas might not be two very good teams. It'll be a good game. I'll say it, that. It'll much. be, it'll be a close game. It'll be an ugly close game though. It won't be, <laughs> it will not be pretty. Um, but that's a huge game too. I mean, that's a, that's a huge game for uh, division implications. And it's wild to think that two, three and seven teams are even smelling the division lead. I'm so ready for this game, mate. Cause I tweeted as soon as Alex Smith has made the starter, Washington was going to win the division. If they win this game, they're in first place. They are. At four and seven. And then later on in the week, the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, they, no, they play Monday night against the Seahawks. Something tells me they're not going to win that game. No, I don't think so. I don't think that offense is going to be able to keep up with, <clears throat> with Russ and the Seahawks. But, I mean, you look, I'm looking at, at the NFC East right now. Philadelphia, three, six, and one. I, oh, I wish they didn't tie that game. I wish they would That's the thing. That, that tie is what's keeping them in first place. If they didn't tie, the Giants would be in first place right now. They've got not, not, only, not only to have the Eagles in first place, I just want the NFC East in this week to all be three and seven because Eagles are <laughs> three, six, and one. Giants, three and seven. Dallas, three and seven. Washington, three and seven. <laughs> These guys should not be allowed to, to win a division and get a home playoff game or even make the playoffs. But that's what it comes down to, and this week is massive because Dallas-Washington, I think I, – I, I think do. whoever wins that game – that's the thing, though, because if Dallas – even if Dallas wins that game, I wouldn't pick them over the Giants. So, I, mm, I, if yeah. Washington wins this, I would probably put them in the driver's seat. I like them more than I like Washington just because, one, I like Washington's defense better, and I like Alex Smith more than I like Daniel Jones. Okay, so so are you saying Washington's your favorite to win this this whole? Washington's by far my favorite to win this division. They're the only team in that division that I think could win three more games right now. I think the only reason they're my favorite is their defense. Um, yeah, 
I, I love Alex Smith. I don't think I trust him. I don't think I trust him to, to maybe be the clutch quarterback they need down the stretch here, but I think their defense will definitely keep them in games. And I think that'll be a fun matchup actually to watch this week because Cowboys offense just desperately needs to get it going. They need Zeke has not been having the year that he's used to. Um, Amari Cooper is not having the year that he's used to. CD Lamb's a nice piece, but you know, he doesn't really have the quarterback to throw in the ball too much. So I, I like that, that offensive defensive matchup for Washington Dallas. But other than that, I mean, we talked, we talked about the lions Texans game. That That's just kind of an unpopular opinion. I love, 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 love watching the Lions and Cowboys every Thanksgiving. It just feels like part of the tradition. Yeah, it yeah. feels. Uh, uh, I don't care. Do you remember the year it was? I think it was. It was the year that the Lions went 0 and 16. So it had been 08. They hosted the Titans on Thanksgiving and they got slapped. I think the Titans put up 50. Do you remember <laughs> that at all? I don't remember. I'm looking that game it up right actually, now because I need to. I need to find out the exact score. That, I mean, I feel bad because De- or Detroit is always on Thanksgiving and they just never have an exciting team to watch, it seems like. The last time they had an exciting team was maybe met when they had Megatron on the team, I think. All right, so this is when the Titans were 10-1. and one. That was that year that they did incredibly good. I think Kerry Collins was their quarterback most of the year, <laughs> and they just obliterated teams. Yeah, the Titans won 47-10. to 10. I'll give you 10 bucks if you could tell me the quarterback of the Lions that day. In 2008? 2008. I remember it just because the, the uniforms they were wearing, and I can picture them in my head, and I know who it was. But I'll be, um, I'll be very impressed if you could tell me who it was. Um, Let me double-check just to make sure because I don't want to – That's the thing, too. Is, I don't want to brag. Okay, yeah, the, I was right. I was right. That's the thing, too, is I don't even know if I have a wild guess because I feel like I'm just going to be way off. So who is it? All right. He went 13 to 26, 134 yards, touchdown and an interception. Dante Culpepper. Wow. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Then, yeah, I, I would have never guessed that, I don't think. And then he was relieved at some point in the game by Drew Henson, who went one of two. So <laughs> nice. Wow. Let's see yeah. Chris Johnson's stat on stats on that day because I'm sure he went off. Oh yeah. Chris Johnson and Lendell White, remember the smash and dash combo in mm-hmm. Tennessee? Yep. That they had each of them had over a hundred yards rushing and two touchdowns apiece. Jeez. So yeah, wow. it was a it was a beatdown by sure was. by the Titans. Okay, well, I don't know. If a we'll little see bit of a, Thanksgiving history. Yeah, I don't know if we'll we'll see a beatdown in this game, but uh, it seems like every year the Lions game is just kind of the the early window game that everybody's still eating and not really watching, and then. You know, we, we get maybe to the Dallas game at like four o'clock and we usually have the really good game at night, but I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not going to complain. I'm still going to watch the game, but I just, I wish my bills were playing on Thanksgiving because one year ago they had a phenomenal game that just made me so happy. That was kind of Josh Allen's almost coming out party that game. It was, think? it absolutely was. I mean, for, for outside of bills fans, for, you know, for bills fans, I would for say nas- for national right. media who didn't really pay attention to the bills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, that was the game where, you know, they were like, oh, okay. I, I only yeah. thought this guy could, you know, throw a five-yard slant and that was about it and maybe run a few times. But now that that game really showed that he was talented and it's gone ever, uh, it's gone up ever since. That it has. So we'll talk about a little bit more about Thanksgiving stuff after our power rankings because Thanksgiving okay. is probably the best day of the year for me. Sec- Christmas is a very close second, but you get a parade, you get food, you get football. It's glorious, and I love Thanksgiving so much. What, what is up with you and parades? I, I don't like parades. I don't like, par- I don't like parades. I like the Thanksgiving Day parade. 
it's great. I guess. I, guess. I mean, it's tradition. I get it. I get it. Exactly. But, um, so, all right. What, what do you say? You want to talk about some some week eleven games here, real quick? Um. Just sure. Yeah. Why not? We some, can do a little bit of recapping. Why not? The, some of the bigger games. The the game that uh, you said that the Falcons were going to win, and uh, shut up. They, they didn't because Taysom Hill, I guess, is the answer for the Saints. Bro, right? I felt so <laughs> confident because. Matt Ryan on the first drive was like 4-4, four, four, 63 yards, driven down the field. They had to settle for a field goal, but I was like, all right, this is going great. <laughs> you know. And then yeah. they, they didn't do anything the rest of the game. They were held to nine points, and Atlanta's horrible defense allowed Taysom Hill to go 18-23 and rush for 54 yards. So <laughs> Taysom Hill is not the answer for whoever's listening to this. Stop I, putting so much stock into yes. this against, yep. against the Falcons. It's, the only annoying thing is that – coming out of this game now is just everybody going to say oh wow look at Taysom Hill he's, he's I know and he's an actual useful piece for this team but he's not I, I'm sorry to let you know that um but you know and it's not going to get any better this week I don't think because they're playing the Broncos who while it isn't mile high and I told you I believe I told you that I was going to bet Denver plus four and I did mm, yes um, thank a round of applause here for uh, the Denver Broncos from from Bill's Mafia we really really appreciate you taking down the <laughs> Dolphins how about that I I thought it would be a close game, which it was, but I, I honestly did not think that the Broncos were going to win this game. It, here's the thing. For me, at some point, it almost becomes easy to bet on games like that when an up-and-coming team gets on a little bit of a roll. Mm -hmm. They go on the road in an unfamiliar environment in terms of weather. The Broncos – I mean, the, the Dolphins weren't going to win eight straight games. They were at no. five when they went to Denver. They're a warm-weather team playing in one of the coldest environments in football. They weren't going to, you know, just keep going on this tear. Although we did get to almost see another case of Fitz magic. <laughs> no, my uh, – the guys at Buffalo Rumblings were, were talking during this game, and um, it was when Fitzy came in. I think it was, what, it was like a minute left, and he was going on the final drive to, to try to tie it up. And he said, just wait. Fitzpatrick's going to throw an interception because Bills fans have seen it billions of times, whether it was with us or against us. Um, Fitzpatrick is, is due for, for Fitz tragic at some point, but, um, no, you know, I, I thought that they would win this game. I thought they'd win that, this coming week against the jets. And then I thought that they were going to lose to, uh, Cincinnati because Joe Burrow was going to be there, but he is not going to be out there. Um, after pretty much just dismantling his knee in every way. And it makes me so angry that the Cincinnati Bengals allowed that offensive line to march out there and, "Quote unquote," protect their quarterback. That is your every, future. That is your future. And every one of the Bengals coaching staff, front office members, and every member of that offensive line should be dragged into the streets and caned. <laughs> For the love of God, all season long, this dude has been hit and hit and just dismantled, and he's put up a hell of a lot of good numbers. And this is just a straw that broke the camel's back. And we we and, said, I mean, we said he's gonna get hurt. He, there's no way around it. Every single week, he's getting just demolished back there. And I mean, we saw Chase Young almost demolish him in a couple of plays before that. But that yeah. one, I mean, it was an ugly injury. He just kind of got bent to the side. And I don't know. I I really really hope this doesn't affect him. I hope he can come back stronger than ever. And hopefully, they just build an absolutely brick wall next off season for for him coming back. Well, I've got them taking Penny Sewell from Oregon in my that draft. Will help. So that will, help, that will help a lot. It won't fix everything, but having a franchise left tackle is definitely a good foundation. So, <laughs> no, I was, I was pissed. Like, I wasn't even upset. I was angry because this, this is why I think 
it's almost better to redshirt guys, even when they are ready. Like I get Joe Burrow, you know, you get rid of Andy Dalton, you're bringing Joe Burrow. You want, if you don't have the guys to protect him, this could alter his career. Absolutely. And, and like, I get it. You know, Tom Brady ripped his knee up. He came back, you know, as good as ever. Adrian Peterson had a horrible knee injury, came back, won MVP. So it's not like we've seen guys just I – mean, even Marino in the 90s tore his Achilles and came back and played well. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like it's an admiralty that, you know, more than likely Joe Burrow will come back and he'll be good. But when you've got this type of situation where he's getting murdered every week, I feel like you're taking at least a certain amount of games off of his career with each ginormous right. that he takes. I mean, it's, it, it's quarterback and then the second most important – position group i guess is the offensive line you need you need an offensive line you don't have an offensive line you're not going to do anything you're not going to be able to run the ball you're not going to be able to pass the ball your quarterback's going to get hurt like he did so cincinnati do better um prove it next year because you're close i mean the the team is close they have nice pieces on that team but they just better hope to god and pray that his ligaments come back better than ever yeah fingers crossed on that and all the best hopes in the world to Joe Burrow because, damn it, he deserves better. Mm-hmm. And I hope, yes. and I hope that, and I hope he heals up nice and uh, is back next year and doing what he's done this year. So let's hope for the best for Joe Burrow. Um, the Colts, Colts, Colts got a big win over Green Bay. Absolutely, huge win. I mean, you and I both picked the Packers. Well, I picked the Packers, but I think you you said that uh, you think the Packers are going to win and. I did. I really did. I mean, going that final drive by Aaron Rodgers, I was like, all right, that's it. Game over. Aaron Rodgers got the ball with a two-minute drill. He's on his own two-yard line or whatever. He, They came very, very close. Um, then they put it to overtime. Fine. And the fumble. The f- there were so many fumbles in that game. Three fumbles and no, three turnovers, two fumbles by the Packers this game, I believe. Um, I, I, there was a few by the Colts, too, I believe. Or maybe yeah. Just, I don't know. I just remember watching it, and I was, it seemed like every other down there was a, a ball coming loose. Yeah, this was a weird one. I mean, uh, Rocky Sin had a really nice interception to Aaron Rodgers. Um, they fumbled a kickoff, too, which, Green, which yeah. Indianapolis recovered. Green Bay went into the half with a 14-point lead. That felt pretty in the bag at that point because they were just scoring at will. And the Colts just shut them down in the second half. And it, it came down to Rodgers driving them down for a field goal to take it to overtime. But, yeah, that was um, – you can't put that on Aaron Rodgers. Um, no. And, what I mean, coming into this year, I, I said – and even though, you know, the first – six weeks I said that the Packers are maybe the most complete team in the league right now I've, I'm starting to back off on that word a little bit I mean their defense has holes I mean their secondary is okay J- Jair Alexander is a great player right offense you know it's it's Devontae Adams Aaron Jones had a hot start he's kind of cooled off a little bit behind Devontae Adams they have a couple nice pieces but I don't know I just feel like teams are kind of figuring out a way to take down the Packers and I don't know if it's all that hard I mean yeah it's hard to slow down Aaron Rodgers but other than that what do you got to do to beat them I mean it's I don't know I I feel like they're just they're getting outplayed every week and I don't know if it'll slow down I'll have to I'm gonna look up their schedule right now because I don't have that in front of me that's Uh a good idea but no they that Michael Pittman touchdown, I think they had a linebacker on him and he just ran past everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just a bad defensive play calling by them. 
and bad personnel matchups. Right. All right. Um, so well, let's see. Go ahead. Uh, next, they play the Chicago Bears. I would say that will probably I'll give win. that a win. They'll win by a billion. Philadelphia Eagles after that. Win and by a billion and a half. <laughs> Detroit Lions. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Carolina Panthers. That's a maybe. Win. I'm not going to say that's a, a maybe. I'm okay. giving them a win. All right, Panthers all right. aren't good. Tennessee <laughs> Titans. That's a maybe. All right. And then Chicago Bears to finish it out. They have an easy That's schedule. A win. They have an easy yeah. schedule to finish out the year here. And I mean there's only just... they could uh-huh. very well win the rest of them. I don't think they're gonna, but yeah. they could very well right now. They play the Bears two more times. The Bears are five and five. I don't think Minnesota's catching up to them. Detroit's not mm-hmm. catching up to them. So I mean I think they have the division. I really thought they'd go on a, a, a pretty good run in the playoffs. They still might. They still might figure it out later on, but I don't know. I, I'm not as sold as I was on the Green Bay Packers. I think minimum they go four and two down the stretch. You know, mm-hmm. maybe Detroit surprises them and the Titans could beat them. I don't think they're going to lose to the Bears at all. I think they'll smoke the Eagles mm-hmm. and uh, the Panthers aren't good. So, although that game is no, it's not, is it? Is that right. a game on Monday nighter? No, it's not a Monday or uh, Sunday, Thursday nighter. Wow. Oh, that's the uh, their Saturday game. They're doing like a oh, right. Christmas yes. special. So yeah, the, they'll play on Saturday that game on NFL Network against the Panthers. NFL Network games seem to be weird. Maybe the Panthers keep it close. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like the Panthers this year. I mean, they, I mean, they shut out the Lions. It's not a huge. I like PJ Walker. I was glad that he got the start in the win. Yeah, but I mean, Teddy should be. I mean, he almost started. They they were. I think they they said like a couple minutes before game time that he was about to go, and then they put in PJ Walker. So. Um, I, if they had I hate McCaffrey, stupid two gloves. <laughs> I know you do. Um, if they had a healthy Christian McCaffrey, I'd like Carolina a lot more. But he's I that's think, the weird thing about the Panthers. They've done better without him in the lineup than they have. That with is him. true. That is true. But I mean, how many games has he, has he played this year? He's only played. I think he's only played in three, three, three or four. Yeah, three or four. I want to say so. I mean, I don't know. You're. You might have won those games, or you might have lost those games that he played, but are you really better without Christian McCaffrey? He's one of the best running backs in the league. I think it's one of those things where when – okay, so when Calvin Johnson retired from the Lions, Matthew Stafford began not trying to throw it to him 70 times a game, spreading the ball around, and then he had a, he's had very good seasons since Calvin Johnson. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily that they're – you know, we know how good Christian McCaffrey is. We know how good Calvin Johnson was. But I feel like without him in the lineup, they feel like they don't have to just force the ball to him and get him his touches. So yeah, I think they're better in that sense. If that Mike, makes sense. Mike Davis is a nice piece. He's, he's come in and played real nice for them. Fat Mike Davis, man. He's done his job. <laughs> he has done his job. Uh, you and know, then some. You know who has done his job but didn't meet the criteria was uh, Steven Nelson. He didn't get a pick six last week. He, he almost had an interception that we dropped <laughs> he, one. He almost did. To, for for anybody Miller from my fridge. For anybody that uh, wasn't listening or didn't listen to last week's show, we had Stephen Nelson on, and uh, Jared made a bet with him that in, in this Jacksonville game, if he if Nelson had an interception, Jared would shotgun a beer. If Nelson had an interception that led to a pick six, Jared would do six shots. So uh, Jared, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm sure your liver is glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I could have handled the shotgun and. <laughs> 
it was off a deflection. Like he was in perfect position to make the pick. It got deflected. And he like fell backwards. He had it on his right hand and tipped it and dove for it. He couldn't quite get it. And my heart about took a dump at that point. And I was he, like, oh crap, I'm going to have to actually do this. I'm, I'm sure he thought of you during that moment. Of I hope he did. I really hope he did. I hope he did. But uh, yeah, Steelers are still perfect. Um, start off kind of slow. Um, a lot of people didn't like the surprise on side by the Jaguars. I loved it. Yeah, no, I did too. I thought I I was watching it um, right when it happened, and I kind of like did a double take because I wasn't really watching. But um, I mean, why not? Exactly. What do you have to lose? You're a one in eight football team. What the hell do you have to lose at this point? Take it by surprise. If it works, you look like geniuses. Yeah. And maybe you get a touchdown and go up by ten early. Yeah, I mean, if it worked, they score a touchdown. Yeah, you're up ten early. Who knows? I mean, you get the get the confidence boosting. I don't know. could have done a little something different there, but uh, unfortunately, it did not work out for them. I mean, fortunately for me, I mean, yeah. I didn't want, didn't want it to work. I'm just saying I liked it. So, um, I mean, yeah, Ben looked good. He threw a stupid interception at the end of the half like he's done three times this year. So, um, that's the thing. All of Ben's interceptions minus, you know, the ones in Tennessee. Um, you know, last week it was, you know, all right, we got the ball back close to the end of the half. Let's just – gun it and see what happens <laughs> and then it ended the half but you no know, chase clip had a long catch for a touchdown eric e- the throw to eric ebron in that window is really nice eric ebron's really come mm-hmm. along as a, a really nice piece so um terrell Edmonds had a couple picks minka fitzpatrick had a couple picks the rabbit's foot man steven he, nelson called steven it Steven nelson He's, called that big he, he said that minka fitzpatrick first thing that comes to his mind is a rabbit's foot I mean, Mega Fitzpatrick's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's he's a fantastic player. Half of his interceptions I could have made. That just falls into his lap. <laughs> he's just standing there, and the ball just gets deflected, and it just plops into his lap. So, I mean, take nothing away from him. An interception is an interception. I probably couldn't have made it. I probably would have panicked. But, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I want the Bills to have that luck. I want the ball to get tipped right into Trey White's hand. And fun fact, did you know that Trey White does not have a career pick six yet? Really? Really. He, he did almost did. That. This year, he almost did. But, uh, no, he doesn't have a pick six yet. He's, he's got lots of interceptions. But, um, no, I mean, I'm looking at the Steelers' schedule right now. Uh, that The Ravens game gets pushed to Sunday. I still think they win that game. Um, the only two games now that I think they lose, maybe, maybe, is the Colts and the Bills. They're not going to beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Um, or, sorry, the Bengals are not going to beat the Steelers without Joe Burrow. Washington, probably not going to win. Um, but maybe. Maybe. But, honestly, maybe. Could I'm, that be a trap game that Alex Smith comes in and just, you know, wins the comeback player of the year and says, yeah, we're, our division's think, ours. I very much think that, that that's the game that is going to get away from them. Alex Smith's going to come in and Antonio Gandy-Golden will have his breakout <laughs> game and Terry McLaurin will have 13 catches or something like that. I, I'm going to predict this right now. We'll come back to this. And I think that game is what, week 14, week 13 or something like that? Two weeks, yeah. They got Washington – or Ravens and then Washington. Okay, here's the thing. I will bet you anything. Let's say the Steelers win this week, which I think that they will. The line for that game comes out at, like, Steelers minus nine and a half. I'm betting Washington. I would, yeah. I think I would do that. I, I hope Steelers win that because I want them to be undefeated coming into coming into Buffalo. I would love that. Go. That would be a great storyline, but – no, I, I'm not gonna write off that as a win. Um, I'll write off. I'm not the Bengals, either. I'll write the Bengals game as a win. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
Cleveland might win if Steelers just start all their backups because they'll probably have the division locked up. So yeah. that could be a loss. But I don't know if they're going for an undefeated season. If they're fifteen and zero and they go into Cleveland, I don't want them to. That's the thing. Part of me doesn't want them to go undefeated. <laughs> but well, yeah, part of me, part of me wants them to get their asses handed to them by somebody. Part of me, I don't. I don't want it to be the Bills, but I kind of hope it's the Bills. Yes. <laughs> like where go. they can ju- where they just have an ugly game and Buffalo yeah. wins by like thirteen, and the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's just pissed the rest of the year, and they can just go through without having to worry about being perfect. They can just play loose, and if they do meet the Chiefs in the AFC title game, which I'm not going to predict because there's a lot of things that can happen between now and then, but they're the two best teams in the AFC right now, and it seems that they're on a collision course. So, I I don't want them to be. Mm-hmm. 16 and 0 going into the play. I don't. I really because... I don't think they will. I really No, I don't either. I don't think people realize how hard it is to win an NFL yeah. game, let alone Much less win all 16 of them. <laughs> in a row. Yeah, so you know, I think they lose at least one, maybe even two um to finish out the stretch here, but one last game that I kind of want to touch on here before we go into our power rankings. What is going on with Tampa Bay, my friend? I, I mean, actually, I just answered my own, I'll answer my own question here. I tweeted it out during the game that I was watching. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the perfect, the perfect example that you can accumulate all the star-powered talent in the world that you want. It's not always going to work. I mean, the big names aren't necessarily going to, you know, mesh well or even play well for your team. Tom Brady does not look like the Tom Brady of old. Um, I like their defense a lot this year, but other than that, I mean, Tampa Bay has not lived up to the hype this year. Against good teams, they've been horrible. Yeah. Um, so, no. They... And take, take nothing away from the Rams. I think the Rams are a really, really good team. They played them very well, but Buccaneers just are not the team that we thought they were. No, I mean, they've gotten schlacked by the Saints twice. They just lost to the Rams. Who else have they lost to this year? I can't even remember. Bears. Oh, yeah, okay. We can't call them a good team. But <laughs> – no, and primetime games, mate, they've been god-awful. What's the one primetime game they have won? I don't know because both – or no. one. The first game of the year was the Saints they lost. Um, Bears they lost. That was like a Thursday night game. Then they lost to Rams on Monday night football. Did they have any other – they did. It said that they had um, one win on in primetime, and that would have been against – I remember two. watching it. Um, oh, the Giants. They beat the Giants, Giants on Monday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. It was right before the – And even then, they didn't look good. They only beat them by two. Right. Yeah. I mean, this team is not what we thought they were. And did you see Bruce Arians kind of called out Tom Brady? I forget what That's he said. all he's done this year is call out Tom yeah. Brady. And it's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, you know, constructive criticism, but – Jesus, it's your quarterback. At least have his back somewhat. He, he said, has done I, nothing but bitch and moan about Tom Brady all season long for not what, being as aggressive as he should be and whatnot. Yeah. What did and, he say exactly? I forget. It was something like they asked him why they're so inconsistent or something, and he said it comes. Let me down see. To I could pull up the quote. I think he said it comes down to quarterback play or something. Just yeah, it was something Tom of Brady's name. Just saying his position instead. He might as well just said his number twelve. It's something along those lines. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what the quote was. Um, I can't. I can't find it right now. But yeah, it was basically him saying, "Yeah, it's eventually the quarterback play has to be better." I mean, some so, of the interceptions that Brady has had this year too. Oh yeah, they've been, been very much on him. Um, oh both God. of them that he threw against the Rams were horrible. I mean, you can say that pressure gets to a quarterback, but he missed him by maybe five, six yards, and just threw it. Wade's right to the Rams defender. I don't, it was, uh, 
it was it was pretty ugly but jared i think you froze on me again here my friend so uh i guess i'll, I'll get, i guess i'll be flying solo but um the buccaneers like i said you can accumulate all the talent that you want in the world um it's not going to work it's just i don't know i i, I don't know what they have to do but it it seems like you know the bucks are just kind of in a weird spot they got swept by the, the saints and i don't know what they're gonna do to, to finish out the year here yeah maybe either um it they got a game against kansas city this week which is i don't know that's almost a must win for them i think so what do you think they're, yeah. they're not are they winning that division i don't know i mean the, the saints swept them so saints are eight and two and swept and the saints would have to finish pretty poorly in order for Tampa Bay to win that division. with Taysom hill here he might that's uh, true might not be able to finish strong because i can't drew Brees is not coming back until maybe second week round 15 playoff. he's i don't know he, he's what 11 broken ribs you're just oh, that's fair him. yeah I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I People are saying it's going to be three weeks, four weeks, but I think it's going to be tough to get him back. And if he's back, I don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent. So um, even at a hundred percent, he hasn't been good this year. So right. it's not like they're no, the saints haven't been, nor will they be a serious threat to me at all this season. I don't care what their record is. They've got, they can't move the ball downfield. It's either Taysom Hill or apparently Drew Brees because they're not going to start Jameis Winston for some ungodly reason. So, <laughs> now I don't believe no one in the in the NFC South is going to be in the Super Bowl this year. And from the looks of it, Tampa Bay—I mean, they're the far more talented team. They just can't put it all together when it comes to beating good teams. So, fair enough. Well, you're not going to be too happy with my power rankings, but that's a good segue. You want to get into our power rankings? Yeah, sure. Go for it. We can we can right. uh, dive right into that. So we'll, I'll let we'll you do, do uh, yours. We'll do ten through six here. So uh, okay, let's see. Number ten, I got the Las Vegas Raiders in there. They lost to the um, Chiefs this past week, but they almost won. They very well could have won, and they've really, really impressed me this year. I I was pretty high on them coming into this year, but they kind of they beat my expectations by a lot, and um. Yep. I think – I mean, they'll, they'll definitely be a wild-card team. I'm interested to see what they can do in the playoffs. But I got the Raiders at 10. I got the Cardinals in at number 9. Um, we've seen what they can do on offense. We see that their defense is playing really well. Um, they are a little inconsistent, I will say that. But, I mean, Kyler Murray's playing phenomenally. We, we talked about him last week on the episode or on the podcast. So, um, Cardinals at number 9. We just talked about them. I got the Buccaneers at 8. They dropped off a lot for me. I've just – they're just so inconsistent and they should be so good. I mean, their defense is playing well. Their defense kept them in this game against the Rams. If their defense didn't play the way they did, the Rams probably would have won by 20 points. So if that offense can get it going, I guess, you know, they'll, they'll have some, um, some brighter futures, but I got the bucks at eight. I got the Packers at seven. We talked about them a little bit. They're just another weird team to me that just can't seem to get it going when they should. Um, but they have Aaron Rodgers, so they'll be fine. Uh, and then I got the Seahawks in at number six. We've we've talked about the Seahawks a lot. Mm-hmm. Their defense is going to be their downfall. Their defense is going to be the reason they don't win a Super Bowl. Um, but Russell Wilson will do everything he can to keep them in games. And most of the time, he will succeed with that. So I, I got uh, Seahawks sitting at number six for me. All right. So I made a, like a last-second change to mine. As much as I think Cleveland's playing well, they're not putting up points. So I am going to put the Titans in at number 10. Um, you know, defensively, they're still kind of a mess, um, but they played well on Sunday to get the overtime win against Baltimore, which 
Steelers win and a Baltimore loss. That was a good Sunday for mm-hmm. me. So Derrick Henry had another day. That's that's their offense right there. It's give the ball to Derrick Henry and then pretend to give the ball to Derrick Henry and throw it. <laughs> so, um, you know, it. I don't think it's gonna. It's a formula that's gonna take them far, especially with no defense. But right now, you know, they're getting the job done. That they're. I believe they'd be a wild card team if the season ended today. Uh, don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. But they are number ten. I'll put the Saints number nine. I didn't even have them in my top ten last week. They're not, like I said, they're not a real threat to me. They're starting a running back, tight end, wide receiver hybrid at quarterback because their quarter, their head coach has some something that he sees in him. But regardless, they won. They're eight and two, so I can't really leave them out anymore. But by no means are they making any sort of noise in the playoffs this year. I'm going to put the Raiders number eight. I don't care that they lost. They showed me a lot this week. I thought they were going to get absolutely steamrolled. They could have very well won that game if they didn't give Patrick Mahomes so much time and if the safety didn't step up away from Travis Kelsey in the end zone. So, um, look, Vegas is playing well. They are – they'll probably end up being the number one wild card spot, yeah. um, which means that they'll play the four seed, which will probably end up being the Colts or the Titans. They can win, they can win a playoff game this year. And I, so. I like what I've seen from them so far. Derek Carr's having a good year. Their secondary has been playing better, but they don't get any pressure on the quarterback. That could be, that's going to be what eventually costs them. But right now, I mean, they're playing well. Uh, six and four, I believe, on the year. They are number eight. I've got your Bills at seven. Mm. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Mm. Um, I know. Why? How do they drop? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. well, I'll, I'll let you know when I get to my top okay, five. I'll tell you how they drop. So there's nothing against them. It's just that their defense has been, you know, not very good. They're 20th in total defense right now. Uh, teams can kind of run all over them. It seems at will. So that's one thing that they need to fix. Uh, but offensively, no, I got no complaints. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, he's Stephon Diggs has very much shown that he was worth that trade. Yes. And uh, yes, yes, yes. I think they are the third best team in the AFC. I like them a lot. I think they're going to make some noise uh, when the playoffs do come. So I like Buffalo a lot. It's just, I like a few more teams a little bit better. One of them being the Green Bay Packers. I've got them at six. Um, a lot of that comes down to Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Defensively, I might like Buffalo a little bit better. Now, Green Bay secondaries looked okay, but up for, their linebackers aren't good. No. And they seem to mm-hmm. be constantly in mismatch situations. So that's the one thing where Green Bay just keeps getting burned on, and it's hurt them a lot. So um, I'll have Green Bay at six. All right. All right. All right. I can, I can, I can live with that, I guess. Um, all right, so my top five. Let's see. I got the Rams sitting at number five. Uh, they have impressed me a lot this year. Um, even in their losses, I mean, their losses weren't too bad. I mean, their, their loss against Buffalo very well could have been a win. Um, so I think their their defense is great. I think, I mean, we weren't talking about them to win the division earlier in the year, but you have to now. I mean, I – Rams, Rams, Seahawks down the stretch here. Mm, I don't know. I like the Rams defense a lot, so it'll be interesting to see how they finish. But I got Rams at five. I got my Bills at four because I can't move them because they had a bye and they did nothing <laughs> wrong. So uh, I got them at four. I got the Saints at number three, Jarrett. Uh, <laughs> their defense. You can't. You can't say anything bad about their defense. Defenses. Their de- they had eight sacks. They played very good. Their defense is great, um, and. You know, yeah, it's Taysom Hill. I, I ask me about Taysom Hill. I I don't like him. Um, I think he's way overpaid, way overhyped. But you know, you have Alvin Kamara, you have Michael Thomas, you have Emmanuel Sanders. 
they're going to be able to score points. They're still, I think, going to be a dangerous team down the stretch here. Um, so you can't you can't sleep on them. They're eight and two. I don't think you know. I don't think they'll they'll win. Maybe maybe one playoff game. Maybe they'll squeak one out. But uh, so I have them at three. I got the Chiefs at two, and I got the Steelers at one. Those are those are the easiest picks you could make. One and two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I guess the Raiders have the blueprint on how to beat the Chiefs because they they did it once and they almost did it again. So uh, yeah, I got do. the Chiefs at two and Steelers at one. All right. So I also have the Rams at five. They weren't even on my list last week, even after a win against Seattle. They would have been 11. I was just more impressed with, with what the Raiders were doing, so they didn't quite make it. And I still had a lot of what-ifs about them, like, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly their offense, which is weird. But they've shown, man, that they've kind of flipped the script on what they are as a team. It's defense yeah. first now in Los Angeles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup each had more than 10 catches and lit up that – they ran all over Tampa Bay's defense, and mm-hmm. it was great. So – I like what, what I'm seeing on both sides of the ball from them right now. They get a huge leap in the power rankings this week. They proved a lot to me, and they are number five. I'm going to put the Cardinals ahead of them at number four. I love Arizona. We have yet to see a Rams-Cardinals game yet. We get the first one of them December 6th, and then mm. the second one of them in week 17. Right. Kyler Murray's been playing great. Defensively, they've been better. They still need to improve a little bit on that side of the ball. Um, but what they can do offensively, they can put up points. And, um, you know, their pass rush has been okay. They're starting to seem to use how to use Isaiah Simmons, which hopefully they, they, they keep doing that. Um, but, yeah, they're not perfect defensively, but they're improved. Offensively, they're hard to stop. And I, I like what I see a lot from them. It's going to be fun to watch uh, the Rams and Cardinals play twice in the final, what is it now, five weeks of the year, five, six mm-hmm. weeks of the year. So it, it'll, be, it'll be a treat seeing that. And then the third NFC West team, I'm going to put the Seahawks at three. Um, look. They went on a couple of a stinker, a two-game yeah, stinker. I got a bone to pick with you. You put the so, Bills down at seven after they beat the yeah. Seahawks and the Bills or Seahawks up to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do I need see. to – yeah. Here's the thing, though. I do – I don't even know how to defend this right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a matter of the quarterback, and it's nothing against Josh Allen. It's not. Yeah. I love Josh Allen. It's, it's in a situation like that, do I believe in Russell Wilson more to outscore other teams, kind of. If they play it again, would I pick Seattle? Probably, but Fair. three through seven, you're picking hairs with me. Like, okay. these aren't ginormous gaps. The Seahawks' defense is atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. terrible. I don't know. Who, who are they going to stop? Are, are they even going to stop a team like Jacksonville? I don't know, honestly. Honestly, I don't know if, if the yep. Seattle defense – I mean, obviously, Seattle would probably win that game, but is this – or even this coming week. They play the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles aren't great, but I think Philadelphia might be able to put up some points on Seattle. Seattle's defense is just so bad. Yeah, well, they only allowed 21 to the Cardinals this past week. So, Fair. I think that's – hopefully that's a thing to set in motion. But like I said, 7-6, 5-4-3, and you could honestly yep. rotate them all around. I wouldn't argue with you. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of who would I pick in a game to win right now. And that's kind of how I base the power rankings off of. Is Buffalo a better overall team? You could probably make that argument. Yep. It's just a matter of do I think they would win against the Seahawks in this very moment? I don't I don't think I would pick them to win. So and then two and one, I mean we know who's gonna be. I'm gonna put the Chiefs number two. They escaped Vegas with a win. Good job by them. Patrick Mahomes doing what he does. Steelers stay undefeated, winning twenty seven to three, picking off Jake Luton four times. Um and moved to ten and zero. They got Baltimore this Sunday now instead of on Thanksgiving, which we've already talked about. And that is our power rankings. Beautiful. What a show. Technical difficulties. Benjamin Raven, what a 
not not a dull the moment. entire package the, not a dull moment here at uh laces out but uh jared where can they find you on social media on twitter my friend oh i'm used to asking you this question this is a nice little flip-flop here you can find me on twitter jay bailey nfl uh you can read the entire mock draft piece which we referenced earlier in the show at pro football network um uh betting and predictions piece is also out so i'll give you predictions and scores for every game this coming week um and yeah that is basically where you can find my stuff jay bailey nfl pro football network kurt where, where can they find you you guys can find me at kurt k-u-r-t homeser h-a-u-m-e-s-s-e-r 88 uh bills are finally back we're, we're off the bye so we'll, we'll have a fun time this week uh thanksgiving this week and then it's the holiday season my friend very excited thanksgiving tomorrow enjoy the texans lions enjoy washington and the cowboys enjoy the turk oh before we go you got to tell me our uh, your favorite thanksgiving stuff because i'm a big stuffing guy mm, okay see that's the thing i'm not a huge stuffing guy to be honest I, you have weird food taste i'm gonna <laughs> say i can officially I, say you like weird food i like stuffing but I've never had stuff. Sorry, mom. I've never had stuffing that just blows me out. Like I'm just, I love it so much. So do you put uh, gravy on it? Yeah. Yeah. I like gravy, but uh, a weird thing that I do really like you mix the mashed potatoes and the corn and you put gravy on top. Mm, I, love I feel it. like that's a lot. I've never been like, I love corn and I love mashed potatoes, but anybody who like gets excited, like you just did about but, mixing. And then, and then if you mix in some turkey on that too, ooh, I'm a big tur- turkey guy. A lot of people don't oh, yeah. like the turkey, but I love it. How the hell can you not like turkey? Turkey's I don't incredible. Know. I love it. I, I mean, love I, it. I like ham though too. And usually we have ham on yes. Christmas. So we kind of like flip them, but no, I definitely do love turkey. Do you like cranberry sauce? Are you a cranberry sauce guy? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll toss it on. I'm not a huge guy, but I, I, I'm. I'll this is the one time of year where stores will sell cranberry sauce. The other 11 months, they do not. Yes, exactly. But uh, yeah, enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody that's listening. Jared, enjoy your Thanksgiving, my friend. I'm sure we'll you be too, talking buddy. throughout the football game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we will talk to you guys later on in the week, um, previewing uh, the Sunday and Monday night slate for week 12. Until then, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the parade. Mm, enjoy yeah. everything that comes with Thanksgiving. Uh, from us to you so thank you for making laces out a part of your week we will talk to you either friday or saturday to break down the rest of the week 12 in the nfl so thank you as always kurt happy thanksgiving pal we'll talk soon don't watch the parade all right we'll see you later talk soon thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.